What's up? It's your girl Tisha Campbell, and you're tuned in to the Hot Zone on Legend of Tunes with DJ Most Beef. How, what's going on, everybody? Michigan International DJ Most Precious here for all new in the Hot Zone, and it is an all new in the splash, uh, explosive interview with my special guest we have today. She goes by the name of Selena Albright, and she has a Selena Albright story to tell you. And I am grateful to be the one that's giving it to you here on the Hot Zone. Everybody, let's make it happen. Put your hands together, make some noise. Sit back, sip wine, whatever you choose to do. Because we about to get it in, in the hot zone with Selena Albright. What's happening, Selena Albright? I'm good. I love your energy. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a whole 360 for what we just sure, like. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that came up real fast. I'm in action mode. Action. Yes. Oh, we're here today to, to talk about your single, of course, This Honest Smile. But outside of that, let's dive into who you are and your extensive bio, which is like four <laughs> or five paragraphs long. Let's dive into it to the best of our abilities uh, here in the hot zone today. So right. before we tap in, um, where are you located? Where are you originally from? And how has the change been from that location to the new okay. I live in Denver, Colorado now, but I'm originally from Southern <laughs> Southern California. I'm from LA, born and raised California. Hey, hey. So <laughs> you started dancing before I, even I started already know where you were going. I'm a DJ. Yes. I, where going. I get it. And so um, the change has been interesting. The weather is, I, I had to get used to snow for sure, but we, have lived here for so many years. Like we moved out here originally in 2005. So we're used to the snow, the blizzards, all that stuff. And, and it actually is really nice here because the snow just kind of melts away the next day after the blizzard. So you get to see the snow, but you don't get the huge effects. But, but how, but, but how is that? Like, see, I've never been to Colorado. It's on my bucket list, of course, to be up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. How is it that the snow coming in and disappears the next day? What's the point of even snowing then? Like Colorado, come on now. I'm just I mean, <laughs> it waters the plants the same, whether the snow stays around a long time or not long. So, That's like, true. you know, I love it because I don't have to drive in it often. And typically the roads are less icy here than any other. Like if you go to Chicago and try to drive after a snow, no. Um, but here, you know, we take care of the roads, put the, you know, they put the plows out and the little gravel or whatever, the salt and stuff. So it's actually really cool. It's the best place to experience snow, I think. And if you have food on hand, you're good. Because yeah, electricity rarely ever goes out for any storm. So this is actually, it's actually a nice place to be. I wouldn't knock it till you try it. I, I won't probably move there. I'll visit <laughs> how I felt about sunny California. Um, yeah, just at Long Beach for like six months. Oh, um, and it was surely a change of me being from the middle of the map, St. Louis to be exact, to go down to the West Coast and DJing for West Coast people. Oh my God! But that's not what we're here to talk about. It's just good, vibes, ah! good, good, good communication. The interviews I like to do on Hot Zone is more conversational. Anyways, like we're not gonna just, I'm not gonna ask you questions directly. We're gonna like vibe off those questions and that energy. So yeah. now we know you're from LA originally. Like you originated native from the LA area, yes. Cali, and you yes. moved to the mountains yes. of Colorado in the snow. From there, <laughs> from from that transact that transition in your life, 
Let's yeah. dive into the three questions I mentioned before this interview. Your okay. favorite snack, your favorite hobby, and your favorite drink. Could be liquor or soda, doesn't matter. But those three questions. I prefer to hydrate, but I'll go with the snack first. So my favorite snack is sweet fried plantains. Any time of year, at any point in life, if you put some fried plantains in front of me, I'm going to eat them. I don't know. I mean, I guess it came from, you know, my mom being from New Orleans and stuff. Uh, they used to have fried plantains all the time there. Um, but oh, so good. And my grandfather's part Jamaican too. So like my family knows how to make them real good. And I found different ways of making it, but she saw, okay, fried plantains. Sorry, I got stuck there. And then my favorite, favorite hobby, my favorite hobby is to cook and eat. They okay. go hand in hand. Okay. And as you can tell, because I wrote a song about food called Eat Something and ends up being a hit. <laughs> so I'm embracing that. And then my favorite drink is strawberry soda. What? Not <laughs> wait, but wait. <laughs> in LA if you go to the right chicken spot the strawberry soda is everything everything you have to tell me that off bar off sidebar which is the spots to go because I will definitely be back in the west coast and I would oh. eat a good tour guide I went to the Hollywood stars I seen a, okay. little bit, a little bit of the Hollywood I didn't get enough time to walk the whole strip I went yeah. to the Hollywood Hollywood sign did the mm -hmm. whole pointer at the look yeah I did all that uh like this sure. year the great bucket list experience uh as we break your interview up in those three plantain sweet fried plantains and then strawberry soda and cooking let's dive into the cooking part because cooking okay. comes with soul like you have to have soul cooking all that let's dive into the cooking and match that with your music when mm -hmm. did you develop or when did you realize music is you Ooh. Okay. So when I was two years old, I was singing on key already in the crib and my parents were like, okay, she might be a singer. So my mom would sing church hymns with me. My dad is a musician too. So he would teach me some things about rhythm and pitch. And so I, they had a hunch before I did, I didn't realize it was a solo career for me until 2010 because I was happy being in the background and being a special guest artist. But 2009, I would say, is when I was like, oh, I need to stop fighting this and, and stop playing myself because this is where I'm really supposed to be yeah. in the forefront. But I was afraid of failure and afraid of success um, because it's hard to back something up once you are successful. And if you fail, everybody sees you in this industry failing. And so that was something that was scary for me. But I knew I wanted to do it all along. I just didn't know it was a solo career. I thought it was going to be in the background doing demo tapes, writing for artists and things like that. But it ended up being this, which is amazing because I've had an awesome career. A lot of blessings that I was not expecting and at the time didn't feel I deserved. But I'm glad I had them. Let's <laughs> uh, dive in it. You had um, experiences with some performances or something. You shared the stage with some legendary pianist, uh, so much. Like we could dive into a little bit of that because it's still music. Like let's talk about some of those journeys that you embarked on that you didn't feel you deserved, but you did deserve because you know, you know what? We're not put in positions that we are not deserving of. Right. Or aren't meant for us. So let's dive right. into some of those uh, experiences. Take us on that journey. 
in 2011, right when I decided to be a solo artist, right after I dropped my first single called You and I, I met this DJ duo called Manufactured Superstars and they're still doing their thing and they're based out of Denver. Um, and we did this cover song together. It's a, a song called Serious and we released it. And when I tell you this thing got so big, we did the Electric Daisy Carnival in Las Vegas and it was the Las Vegas Speedway. And they had put several stages up in the middle of this speedway. And it was huge. Like the traffic getting to and from was nuts because there were over 300,000 people who attended. 200,000 of those people were in front of the stage where I was singing this single. Wow. When I tell you the adrenaline rush on that one right there. Oh my goodness. So that was amazing. And anything I told them to do, they would do. If I told them to jump, they jumped. If I told them to, to fist pump, they fist pumped. If I told them to scream, they screamed. And I had them right here in the palm of my hands. And that was really huge. And it was a great moment for us to share together because I had never had the audience react to me on that grander scale. So there's that. And then also, I really loved opening up for Lettucey and Babyface at the Hampton Jazz Festival in 2019. I was just talking about that with one of my friends and I was like, that was just so much fun, so much fun. And Babyface brought like the horn section and all the, the, the two pianists and the guitarists. He had this whole production and I was just watching like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I had done the show with my dad, Gerald Albright, and he was on sax. I, he brought me out. I gyrated the hell out of that stage gyrated my entire behind off and it was so much fun the audience loved it and so we opened and then Lettucey came on right after us and she gave me a cool nod and then it was just really it was that was a really cool experience because they're R&B artists and so I was in my element EDM music um you know I, I love the DJ duos and the EDM music the electronic dance music but in my heart, I'm an R&B soul artist. And so when I was in my element and opening for Babyface and Lettucey, I was like, that that made me feel really good. This is really, really good. So, so. I like to ask, um, during that moment, like before you actually got that experience, mm -hmm. what, what, what energy was you walking in? I don't know if that question is formed good enough, but like, where were you at in your career or in your confidence or in your your level before that experience happened where you were able to embody that experience fully i know it's a long question no i get it no i always go into it with gratefulness because they didn't have to put my name on that marquee and they didn't have to ask me to to you know come to that event or like i could have been in the audience like i was for many years before i became a solo artist and so I go into it with gratefulness. I go into it knowing I have a job to do. I have a mission. And so, and I also go into it with trust in myself. So once the lights come on, the mic comes on, we've already sound checked, we've rehearsed, you know, everybody's got the sheet music. It's like, okay, now it's time to have fun. So I go in there trusting everyone around me and trusting that I have it within myself to think on my feet and sing on my feet if anything goes wrong, which I've had to do. I've had the whole sound system shut off on me before and oh. I was cool. And that was earlier than those two shows. So 
it's really it was it's really cool to go into each show like that because then you can relax and really connect with the audience and the musicians like because you're not just standing in front of them y'all are playing together everybody's hearing y'all all at the same time on the same level so you really depends on your team and it's just it, that's the energy that I go into each show with and just a lot of excitement too because once the show's over and you walk off the stage it's done so you really have to savor it you know True, true. And I know there's many other moments and experiences that we could chime in on on a very more extensive interview opportunity. Um, but I don't want to minimize your whole experience. So let's tap into the sweet plantains. This mm. part of the interview is just some of those moments that you was like, like memory, like, yeah, when you said something about the audience being in front of you, had them in the palm of your hand. Let's mm -hmm. take that situation and think of another one that is a very sweet moment in your career where you're like, oh my God, I can have more of this. I have a sweet tooth for this experience. I would love me some sweet plantains every time I wake up. Let's think about some of those experiences <laughs> and talk about those in conjunction with your favorite snack, sweet, sweet plantains. That's a, every moment I have on stage is sweet. I know. <laughs> I did it that way so we could talk and track time into some more of those experiences, but we're still segueing it into the same thing. Yeah. I mean, okay. So there was one tour I went on that really felt like the experience that I have when I'm eating sweet plantains. So I went on a, um, it was a 26 show, 30 day tour. It was exhausting. How many days? 30 days. Oh, I thought you said three. I'm going to say, how do you do 26? No, that would be impossible. Well, not impossible. But 30 <laughs> days, 26 shows. So it was practically every day we were doing a show and sometimes two shows in one night. And it was the Dave Cause Christmas tour. Mm -hmm. And it was his 20th anniversary. They asked me to be on it, which was sweet in and of itself. The ooey gooey plantain -y part of it, though, was that we had a whole team of people who all became like family. I had someone, it was like a glam squad, squad. So I would do my makeup and hair, but literally I had someone to zip me up into my dress and she had um, steamed my dress for me. And they laid out like fruits and berries according to you know my dietary needs and stuff and allergies. And they put the tea out with the honey and like the whole presentation, every time we would get to a new city, it was just so sweet. And I just, I savored that so much because I don't know when I'm going to get to the point where I have my own squad to come with me on tour, mm -hmm. but I got a nice preview. And every time I got back, oh, we've got to ride a tour bus too, which was fun. Ooh. Every time I got back on that tour bus, I had all my sweets. Now I couldn't, there was, there was a stove, but it was mostly microwavable stuff. I couldn't have my sweet plantains on there. Couldn't fry plantains, but I would make myself a chocolate mug cake each night yes. <laughs> and I know how to make them from scratch so I had my little kit and I would put that in there and I would go back to my little bunk and just be eaten and <laughs> that was an ooey gooey experience for me and then to get to dress up in four dresses we had three costume changes four dresses depending on um you know the string of music and what album it came from and whether I was doing my solo work or not and when I tell you, it was just the best. And we had time since I didn't have to rehearse because it was the same band traveling with us. We actually had time to enjoy each city that we were in. So I got to savor that, you know, savor where we were, savor being on stage. The audiences were amazing. The show was bomb, of course, because, you know, it's Dave Cox. Are you familiar with him? 
Not really. I shouldn't have put you on the spot like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student to art. I'm a student to the entertainment, student to media. So I will really take this experience, dive more in your bio, and Google happy people that I do not know of. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad you took that so well. Um, yeah, but Dave Cobb is a jazz saxophonist, just like my dad is. So it was cool. It's kind of comfortable to be with him and everybody else who was on tour. And, you know, we got to do yoga each morning with the staff, like the whole team, the whole crew was ready to go all the time. And we got centered. It was great. And it just made me feel the same way I, I feel when I eat sweet plantains. It brings me back to center because I grew up eating sweet plantains. And so it was a very at home, comfortable feeling. Did I answer that correctly? Did I connect them the way I was supposed to? No, you answered. So this is the thing, like a lot of interviews aren't prepped. Like you don't know what I'm going to ask or how I'm asking it and how. So you're on the spot every question, by the way. You're mm -hmm. a well experienced because I don't want my interviews to be predictable. You know, like I don't, oh, I know she interview. Every interview is the same. No, it's not. The only thing no. the same is those three questions, but how I form them to make sense to the person is different every time. I so, love it. Um, sweet plantains, gooey, but you you dived into it exactly the way it is. Um, even with the food, because it kind of tap into a little bit the same. Mm. But now we're at strawberry soda. But before we get yeah. to strawberry soda, this is when I bring into your bring in the topic of your song, Dishonest Smile. We're gonna talk about that, who produced it, but the purpose of it, the thirst of your song. Oh, the thirst. Oh, so, so like this is strawberry yeah. soda part of your interview. So like mm -hmm. we we want more. We want to know more about this this song. We're thirsty for what this honest smile is really about. Who produced it? Where it come from? Is it on the project? That type of era is where we at. This is the kind of the ender part of the interview, and I want to make sure we definitely talk about this honest smile and mm -hmm. the project is on um the label not the project, but the label, like any shout outs, all that is at this part. Yeah. So introduce okay. us to the strawberry soda and your new single. <laughs> okay. The place you need to go to get strawberry soda is church's chicken. If it's still available in Southern California, but either way, cause you asked that earlier. Yeah. Um, just on a smile. So there were only four people involved in this whole record from A to Z. Um, when it comes to actually producing the music. So it was myself on lyrics, arrangements. I literally just sent all the vocals acapella to um, James J. Rob Roberson, who is one of my favorite producers to work with because he just gets me straight out of the church, which is why you hear gospel infused in it, but you also hear a little bit of nineties in it as well. Cause that's, you know, that's my favorite era of music. Cause that's when I was in like, Oh God, I was in junior high or whatever. And it was just really like that whole era of music's beautiful. Um, and then after that, it was mixed by a Grammy award-winning mixing engineer named Bob Horn or Robert Horn mixing. And after that, it was mastered by Louis Moreno mastering and everybody across the board killed it. And I just, I listened to that song and I think about when I was writing it when I was writing it, I was thirsty. So I literally was crying on the bathroom floor after having just gotten off of tour, a Christmas tour with my dad, actually. Mm -hmm. And it was a long tour, but I was pregnant at the time, which is why in the music video, you will see me pregnant again. I, I was too scared to release it until two and a half years later, but it's there. Uh -huh. 
So I wrote it in 2019 before the pandemic even came in. So I thought I was having an emotional breakdown then and I was stressed out, but then, Mm. you know, and I was six months pregnant. We're trying to figure out life, you know, already with a new kid. And so I really was, I was thirsty for healing at that point. And I had had an emotional breakdown and I was exhausted. And I, my husband, my husband, we were in an ensuite bedroom and my husband was sleeping. He was snoring (laughs) and I'm in the bathroom and I'm feeling my body slowly shut down. I'm crying, you know, and I brought my phone in the bathroom with me and I'm wondering like, should I wake him up? So that's what you're hearing in the, the lyrics of the song. It's a true experience. I, I wrote the all the song lyrics in my phone, in my notes, while I was still on the floor crying. And in wow. the music video, you'll see that whole experience happening, a little bit more glamorized version um, <laughs> of, of what really happened, because you didn't want to see me that night. Oh, I was tore up. But, you know, we all had those experiences and my, my reason for putting this song out and, and having the courage to do so is that I, God gave me a mission and he said I was supposed to provide therapeutic songs and let people know that they're not alone. Not even, like nobody is exempt from having a low moment in life and it is important to seek the help that you need and get the therapy. We all need it, whether we know it or not, you know, those things that we tend not to be able to do because we think that we're a burden, like asking for help or going, you know, and doing self-care or things that we don't feel that we deserve. We should do them anyway. Uh, (laughs) Because chances are whatever we're not fixing or whatever we're not taking care of, those things not being taken care of is spilling out into other parts of our life without us realizing it. So we're affecting other people with everything we do. And we don't realize just how sick we are or how tired we are or how in need of, of love and how thirsty we are. So <laughs> back to the strawberry soda. I needed, I could have used some strawberry soda that night. <laughs> it might have helped. But the next day, you know, my husband knew that I finally did tell my husband, and he brought in all the food and all the drinks and water to hydrate me and all that stuff, you know. And that was the best thing. My husband always knows what to do. And so that was really cool. I just, I was thirsty for love too. So, you know, I'm using thirsty a lot because I'm trying to connect the strawberry yeah. soda. <laughs> we are connected. And another thing too is um, us creatives, we find ways to associate things to some of the most outrageous situations. Mm-hmm. So taking your strawberry soda and dissecting your song as if it was soda and it was thirst and things like that. It was sweet. It was red. Like just using everything to describe that strawberry soda in, in terms of your song is what you did. You did it perfectly. Um, you've added to the whole mode of how my interviews go, um, the hot zone. So I appreciate that. Um, thank you for, giving a a breakdown for your food, for your drink, for your snack. Like this has been a a whole scenario. Like people can envision every inch of your journey um, in this interview that was given to us based on how you connected those dots. I'm really glad. This has been definitely the most interesting and fun interview that I've had lately. Like I was not expecting (laughs) to be able to connect two of my favorite things, food and music together. But you did that for me today. So thank you so much. 
I am greatly honored, Selena. Um, before we get out of here, I want to take this moment to give shout outs to anybody you want to give shout outs to. Yes. Um, and then we're going to conclude the interview and I'm going to ask you for two separate things. Um, okay. But besides that, give us, give us shout outs today. First of all, I want to shout you out because you are the most precious. <laughs> and thank you so much to um, In the Hot Zone Radio for having me on your platform. But I want to thank um, Wealth Nation as well. They're my team for brand management and they are the ones who connected me and you. And I'm really grateful for that. And they've been doing some amazing things with my music. And that's why you, you guys all were able to hear me today. Um, I want to thank everybody who's involved with all of my music. And it's a long list of people, but we don't have the time, but you know who you are. And I'm so grateful to have a team of geniuses around me. Um, and I also want to thank my family because my kids get to go with me all over the place, but that can be a lot of transition. Um, and my husband has always been supportive, whether on the financial side or just he was helping me sell CDs one time. And, you know, like him being able to just jump in and just do stuff without me asking is amazing. So he's an yeah. awesome husband. Um, definitely. Oh, I got to thank God, of course, because he's the reason all this stuff is happening. He's the reason I'm here because I almost was not here. Literally just five weeks ago, I almost lost my life. So I want to thank him for preserving me and helping me, uh, you know, through all of that and keeping me on this mission. Apparently I have way more to do. So uh, I know I'm forgetting something. However, <laughs> I know I'm grateful for you because I tell you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have a lot of people to be grateful for i've been really blessed really blessed they know how genuine you is and it's like accepting a award you always forget somebody but not intentionally those who know they're appreciated will always always know that and don't expect to be named all the time because right. they right people don't need that that's just especially when i give them validation on a regular basis Please. Ooh, one more shout out. Den Tran Designs for doing the beautiful album cover. He did my album art for me. He's amazing. So, yeah. What is your album called? I don't think we talked about it. Oh, it's the same. So everything has been a single for the past okay. four songs during the pandemic. So okay. it was a single. So Dishonest Smile is the name of the record. Yeah. And I don't know when I'm going to have a whole CD come out. At this point, it's, it's singles. Singles are what, what artists have like got on from so making an album is when you have a direct fan base where you know you can sell units and units stream right right well plus you know it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of money you know and the creativity has to spark mm -hmm. and it's only sparked for specific things i haven't had a whole body of work of inspiration come out of me just yet but i've had moments really beautiful moments beautifully ugly moments like dishonest smile that have come out and they deserve to just stand alone. I yeah. I believe. Yeah, a lot. And of I don't want to wait to release it because you know my fans need some music. <laughs> but thank yes. you so much for having me. This has been really fun. It's been a great honor, Selena um, Albright, and on to have you here on in the hot zone, um, powered by MPP Studios, uh, Legion of Tunes Radio on iHeart and MostPreciousPromotes.com. It has been a great honor. We're not done. Please keep me tapped into whatever else you have going on. We're going to connect on social media. I'm going to get with you on the sidebar, but it's been an honor. Thank you so much. for. I'm honored too. Thank you. <laughs>
Hey, everybody, it's Selena Albright here. Thank you so much for listening in to In the Hot Zone with DJ Most Precious. And this is my song, my new single that I wrote crying on the bathroom floor for you to know that you're not alone. It's called Dishonest Smile. This is another Three DJ exclusive. DJ Most Precious exclusive. have a mask for this place this isn't a time when I can just fix my face to hold back the tears is too great a fight so heaven forbid you just might lose sleep too tonight I can't be the good wife and the good mom the good daughter the good friend can't be the organizer and the empathizer Heal myself and you and them I tried to be convenient for you But I failed to win that fight So if you could just hold me tonight If you could hold me tonight I don't know just what I'm supposed to ask for Does the joy really come? To break tomorrow morning with a dishonest smile, smile with a dishonest smile. 